Is this, I can't, is this season four, Ray? I can't remember. Season three. Season three. Season three. Yeah. I get confused. I didn't say it last time, maybe? I don't remember. No, we always say it. And I do wonder about this. Uh, the straws, the badgers, might there be a topic for this week's uh, show? Uh, I don't think this one has a topic per se. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, per se was was good. Remember per se? Yeah, yeah. And per se and and still, per se and that's still one of my favorites. It's a good one. No, yeah. Uh, and per se and is great. Oh, I spoiled it. Yeah. Badger grasping, get the ball. We're uh, we're uh, we're doing it though. Yeah. So whatever this is, we're gonna we're gonna go for it. Um, motion. No reason not to. Yeah. Badger, man, I'm a little jealous because that one sounded, uh, it's just fun to say, hey, I'm going to badger you about this. Do you want me to go first? And you just wonder about, you know, yeah. hey, why why a badger? Why not a weasel or a, hey, Jim's groundhogging me about this paperwork. <laughs> like, what is that? It's uh, It's got some stuff. Do you want me to go first? Is that your first g- good one? I was going to roll with that one first. In my sequence of two, it's the first one on my paper. All right, do that. I say paper. Yeah. It's, on my pixels. Yeah, I, you, you do the iPad, I do the paper. I got the whole lappy. I got a laptop. Well, whatever. Old school. I thought you had that magic pencil and you wrote on the iPad. With I do, but I uh, I, I like to, to go back to my roots. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, would you do it? Go ahead and do badger. Hey, quit badgering me. I'm badgering you. Stop badgering badger. me. Don't subject me to persistent harassment or persecution or ply me with repeated and irritating requests to do something. That's it. <laughs> I love the I guess the thoroughness of the OED dictionary of the OED definitions. Yeah, cuz OED can, dictionary was a redundant right. department. Yes. Jay, have you ever seen a show called The Simpsons? <laughs> uh, once or twice I've caught this, yeah. Whenever uh, someone says Badger, I think of the episode A Tale of Two Springfields. Um, just an opening scene, literally under the opening credits, or title credits. There's still real titles, you know. Uh, Bart goes out to the doghouse to feed Santa's little helper, and uh, he finds this badger in the doghouse and not Santa's little helper. So the kids are out there looking at the doghouse, and uh, they're sitting there out front of it. So Homer comes out, sits on the ground, and says, what, "What's going on? TV broken?" And they're like, "No, no, there's a there's a badger in there." And he says, "Badger my ass! It's probably Millhouse." And then he like sticks his head in and gets ma- mauled by this badger. It's just a funny, funny aside. Yeah, I like I like when they get mauled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> badger my ass! It's probably Millhouse. I don't know. I was laughing. I sent it to a few friends last night. Um. So yeah, badgers. They are. Uh, Small mammals with uh, little wedge-shaped bodies, broad feet, and long claws. Huh. They have uh, coarse hair that has uh, that can be. It says that they can be black, brown, gold, or white. I've seen like just like a black and white combo before. Like I haven't seen them, but pictures of the ones I've seen. Right, kind of look like almost skunky, but not. No, I don't believe I have. Yeah, me either. I've seen possums and groundhogs and stuff, but not badgers. Sure. I don't believe they're uh, around our parts. Come on. Are they? They, they could be. be. They are They are part of the largest uh, order of mammals. Weasel family. Known as the car- carnivores. Uh, they are rodents. Yeah, weasels. They're in with weasels, minks, ferrets, wolverines. Uh, they're members of the Mustelidae. 
creature set. <laughs> All right, we'll go with that. Yeah, which, uh, like I said, includes wolverines, weasels, otters, minks, and ferrets. If you are looking up symbolism about badgers, perhaps you had a, a dream about a badger, or a badger was in your dream. Uh, one might say, badgers are loners in solitary. They teach us to be self-reliant and comfortable with ourselves. Uh, bold and fer- ferocious when cornered, though, badgers remind us to never surrender. What is? What Don't is give the, up like a badger. What's the Just dream like, business? Yeah, if you have a dream about a badger, that's the that's the personality traits. Bold and ferocious when cornered. Badger reminds us to never surrender. But what? No, that's that's cool. Yeah, I I don't subscribe to that Freudian idea that one that a thing means the same thing for everybody in the dream world. So sure, you know, a badger might be something different for me altogether. Yeah, well, saying symbolism, but more broad. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. we got a nice. <laughs> Uh, some early quotes, 1782, uh, in the work Paris in Miniature. Paris is the only place where it can support any kind of consequence, though even there, sorely badgered by the wits of the capital, who point all their epigrammatical batteries against their members. So, 1785, we're getting a, we're getting a dictionary from Friend of the Pod. Um, Christine Ammer. No. Uh. Though, our, I think one of my, my favorite friends... Uh, Mr. Gross of the Classical Dictionary of the Vulgar Tongue. Uh, well, sure. Uh, 1785, he, he defines it as badger, to confound, perplex, or tease. So that's 1785. If you keep looking back, um, you get to a 1600 quotes. This quote, uh, which I found to be odd. I'm like, well, what does this mean? Jeffrey Trafford did not badger for these two years past. You're like, what? What, hmm? is, what does that mean? He didn't badger for these two years past, 1600s. What is this? He wasn't annoying people for two years? What, yeah. what does that mean? Good well, for him. Right. Great guy. Good guy, Jeffrey Trafford. Um, but it seems that back in the day of these times, 1600s, 1500s, um, 1400s, uh, a badger, capital B, is a trader who buys produce and carries it elsewhere to sell. A hawker, a huckster, a peddler, a dealer, a trader. Go home. Yeah. No, this was, yeah, I, I thought this was amusing. Which comes from the term badge, uh, which, again, at these times means to buy up provisions for resale. Hawk for sale. <laughs> 1610, uh, all the inhabitants be, as it were, a kind of huckster or badger. 1552, the buying of any corn, fish, butter, or cheese by any such badger, ladder, kidder, or carrier. Yeah. And there wasn't even uh, like a 1460s quote about badgers in uh, in Middle English, which I constantly fail to grasp how to say things. Uh, so it was a 1460s quote that said badger in the selling way of a seller. <laughs> so that's, I don't know, I feel strongly that that is the definition and it comes. Those those ways of an actual badge or badger is is someone who sells something. Maybe they were pestering you. Yeah, so um, ho- ho- over hawking. Hawking, right? Exactly. There is. Uh, I have to go into the other side of, or another another theory that's that posed out there a lot. Um, essentially, there's this, I guess, horrible torture practice that happened in England. It's been illegal since the 1830s, but it has apparently still happened as recently as 2018. I saw. Uh, it's called badger baiting, 
and essentially they kind of like trap a badger and something and then they toss dogs in the thing and you know jesus yeah uh it's illegal but again it still happens as things do people are idiots yeah and a lot of folks say that this was kind of maybe you know to badger someone was to get them out of a thing to work to work them out of their hiding spot to kind of annoy them and pester them so they came out and then whatever um but these other ways pretty predate what I could see as as possible like origins of this this was you know it's it seemed like 1800s but maybe a little bit further back um but I, I couldn't find like a start date for that to see if it if it rivals the 1460s or 1550s um I don't I did not see that for sure mm. um there's also a thought of maybe it came from something called the badger game which uh is probably unrelated but <laughs> is basically just a honeypot scam um, the mark is lured into some kind of, you know, compromising blackmail situation. Yeah, by a confidence Right, team. by a confidence woman or a confidence team, exactly. And they uh, they say that that one may be more directly tied to the badger baiting of England, of the, the torture practice. But the, you know, yeah, because these, these other ones are, are predate, predate that, that time. The folk etymology, uh, Dictionary published in 1883 says that badger was originally uh, barter to haggle, um, kind of from an old English badger, beggar, buy, you know what I mean? Which I feel reinforces the more, the language origin of it. The commander said, don't worry, I don't have the authority to kill you today, which was positive for that day anyway. In 1993, Chris Moon was captured by the Khmer Rouge while clearing landmines in Cambodia. With survival probability low, Chris was brought in front of the boss. He was just given a local nickname, Mr. Clever. Hi, I'm Steve Windus, host of the Batting the Breeze podcast. I'd love you to check out how Chris survived, along with some other great human stories at battingthebreeze.com. Hopefully see you there. Yeah, and the... And probably cross pollinates with the hawker, the seller. Right. Yeah, yeah. It all works that way. The slang jargon in Cant Dictionary is, uh, says badger is slang for overdrawing one's bank account. <laughs> it's very specific. <laughs> that was from 1800s too. But yeah, uh, badger is a, uh, a a reseller, a hawker, a carrier, <laughs> and I mean, you know, that could relate back to trading. I mean, if you if you were a hunter and uh, and traded pelts and things like that, you might have badger pelts. Yeah, I, I found nothing that said that. Right, I'm just it's, saying like you could see. It's probably more like, hey, hey, you want to buy this? Hey, yeah, hey, you sure you don't want to buy this? Hey, hey, you want to buy this? <laughs> right, right. No, that's a it feels, but also the old English kind of kind of bringing it through buy, beg, buy, badge. You know, right. it's it's not a barter. It's not totally removed from a literal sense, perhaps. Well, I have uh, grasping at straws. <laughs> nice. I know. Yes. I never thought much about this one. You know. No, I mean, yeah, right. That's the idioms. They're they're part of us. We know what they mean, but we don't know why. That's why we're here. Right. Yeah. But we say it. You know. Right. But, uh, yeah, why I really would, thought thought it, much about it. What straws am I grasping? And why am I grasping at or for right. these straws? <laughs> right. I always, in my brain, 
would imagine, I guess, if you asked, if part of me thought about it for a second while, while I was using it, I would think about like, uh, like that merry-go-round where you grab rings. I never had that experience as a kid, but I see it in movies and shows and stuff. You know what I mean? I do not. Like uh, there's a child, like you go around on the horse on the mm-hmm. merry-go-round, yeah. but they stick these little golden rings out that you got to snag with your finger uh, or maybe a stick. I don't know. And no. then if, if the kid gets it, you know, you get like a little prize or something, huh. but it's hard to hard to get, I guess. You know, they make it a, a challenge. Huh. But that has nothing to do with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no golden rings here. No. Really, when we use that grasping at straws, we, we, we it's like, um, uh, how do you say, I didn't want to go to the movie that my wife wanted to go to, so I told her that my brother was coming over to help work on the car, but he wasn't. I was just grasping at straws, trying to find an excuse not to go to the movie. I don't know. Something like this. Yeah. You're at the end of the rope. It's, 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 I got say, nothing else. You got nothing else. You got nothing else. This is what you came up with? Your brother's working on the car? Hey, come on. I'm grasping at straws over here. Yeah. Right. Uh, so <laughs> that's a use it in a sentence. That Jerry is so phony. That's that. Use it in a sentence. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Here's a funny thing that came up also because you, you say, well, straws, you say. Yeah. Um, right. Like the bendy straws, curly straws. Well, those see, ones here's that are shaped thing. like glasses that you can wear. But let's not think of let's not think of it like that. What? Let's think of it more in its root origin, or what is straw like versus what is hay? Dried because, grass. Okay, hay is dried grass. Okay. Hay you would uh, use for all sorts of things, including you know uh, feeding your horse or what whatever you know yeah right bed you stuff it in a sack and oh, make no, it into wait. a mattress we use straw for mattresses or do we use hay sorry so am i jumping ahead no well i mean it it turns out the straw yeah ends up being a more of a of a hollow shaft and sort of more useless okay. for those other purposes yeah and you wouldn't feed straw to a creature because it has no substance you know it's, it's sort of hollow hollow um like but a hay straw. is dried grass so it has substance it's got the grass bits in the middle yeah all right so it makes sense now but you never that. thought you never think about it because we don't have to no, right why would you well i mean someone in nebraska or idaho may may take uh, a front to us saying why would we they might think about it every day well personally me right no but us in someone. the city sure we don't yeah. think about it no but but yeah, and therefore the straw that you drink from yeah. is hollow. Right. You don't drink from hay. No, you can't. There's grass bits. We in didn't there. decide to call that tube hay. A, a hay. Give me a bendy hay. Yeah. Can you give me a curly hay real fast? I'm using that new metal hay that I could ream out and recycle it <laughs> so I don't use more plastic hays. Yeah. Yeah, you don't do that. No. Uh that sounds crazy. Right. I'm very uh taken by some of this and i'm gonna tell you more about why all right do yeah great oh, yes please I'm pumped uh it's uh for one thing straw being a, a, you know it's been around with us for uh, quite a while 
as a word, you know, 13, 13th century, it's true. <laughs> Just because you say it different, that makes it old? Hmm. No, uh, they had an E in there, S-T-R-E-A-W, Struh. Hmm. Um, I don't know uh, if, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I do. Now, that wasn't <laughs> at first, but now I got you now. <laughs> you thought I just lost my mind. Yeah, I thought you were but, talking about hay. I'm like, that's a weird jump. Right. Struh. So this idea uh, was put together by a fellow, Thomas Moore, concocted this thing. Hmm. Okay. So we know where it came from. Yeah. Uh, this fellow, Thomas Moore, had been thrown into prison mm-hmm. by uh, King Henry VIII. There's some business about Thomas Moore wouldn't go along with some of uh, King Henry's yeah. shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. So he throws him in jail. Yes. But, uh, but Thomas Moore was a writer and somehow was able to have... Uh, parchment and uh, quill in his imprisonment and took to writing uh, quite a significant book. Mm-hmm. This book is known as, uh, I, you know, I always love these, Dialogue of Comfort Against Tribulation. <laughs> nice. Where, where he had concocted a fictional dialogue between uh, this fellow Vincent and his uncle Anthony and Anthony uh, went on to school a uh, reluctant Vincent throughout the course of this book. Uh, it's, you know, it's basically a, a religious sort of tome about uh, finding comfort against duress within, within God. And uh, it, it seems Vincent is uh, pretty concerned here. <laughs> they were in Hungary and concerned about... Uh, this Ottoman invasion and war. And so he goes to Anthony, his uncle, and and says, I'm terrified, yada, yada. And Vincent says, uh, okay, you know, you're going to die, you're going to die. You just have to uh, chill out and have uh, your your faith that everything's going to be groovy. Uh, Vincent takes some uh, reassuring, as you might. <laughs> Imagine, right? Yeah, right. I mean, he's not just yeah. So it's a long book of trying yeah, to reassure. Die, you, die. You, uh, you know, it's gonna happen. Yeah, he doesn't really like this idea. <laughs> uh, so, uh, basically, uh, one of the, the quotes out of this uh, 1534 work by Thomas More, being a man in peril of drowning, catchest whatsoever cometh next to hand. Be it never so simple a stick, a straw. So you're drowning and, you know, reaching. You're flailing around, going to grab whatever. Yeah. I got you. And weirdly enough, in in some sort of uh, overtly plagiaristic way, (laughs) in 1748, Samuel Richardson, in his book, just yoinked it, thinking, well, no no one's reading books from the 1500s. I read this book. I'll just use this guy's stuff. Uh, and he may, he uses it grabbing uh, grabbing at straws. Bob's yeah. attempt to build a case that the contract was not valid because it contained a split initiative was just grasping at straws. Yeah. First one's more poetic. Quite. Plus, it's not plagiarized that we know of. Sure. Right. 
as best we can tell. But uh, grasping at straws, and, and, and there's a bunch of versions of it, clutching at straws, catching for straws. But however you slice it, it comes up peanuts. Uh, I always like that one. It always confuses you. Wait, what? It's that Snickers commercial. Uh, oh. But. How clever. Yeah. That's uh, that's where it comes from. There's no mystery, just history. Yeah. So having uh, enjoyed that, let's continue on with our uh, regularly scheduled program. Well, I'll just uh, get the ball rolling here on the second half. Get the ball rolling? Get the ball rolling. Oh, I, I had no idea get the, the way ball you just lobbed it in there. Rolling, yeah. The, I had an actual transition. Oh, it was, a good, it was so good. I just thought you were just talking. Right. <laughs> so natural. Not shoehorned in at all. No. So unlike me. So unlike you. <laughs> Sorry, no, I didn't no, mean that. No, it's quite all right. Please. No, go ahead. I know who I am. That seemed cold. Not at all. I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> Um, to get the ball rolling. Yeah. What would you say if I said, hey, Jay, what, what do you think I mean if I say, get, get the ball rolling on this meeting? Uh, that means, you know, you know, somebody started off here and, and introduced the reason we're here. Yeah. And talk about what we're going to cover during this meeting. Exactly. Someone start this off. Would you like to get the ball rolling? I'd love to. Or whatever you'd say. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't. Um... We've got a 1770s quote, the papers of Sir William Johnson, just says, and so the ball is to be kept rolling. It's kind of an early usage. Kept rolling is something that sort of pops in as, I don't want, I don't know if it's a sister phrase. I guess it's a child phrase. Get the ball rolling gives birth to keep the ball rolling. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. So why, uh, why are we using this ball? To roll to start something off. There's a lot of a lot of theories that maybe this comes from uh, 1800s England in the the game of croquet. Yeah, croquet. Or go back even further to 1600s France to a game called Paul Mall, which is basically proto croquet, pre croquet. Croquet. Sim- very similar. It looked like. Um, but I will say that we've been using this word ball, uh, meaning a solid or hollow spherical or egg-shaped object which is thrown, kicked, hit, or otherwise propelled in a game uh, from at least the 1200s. So, you know, to start a game, you know, maybe maybe you would start the ball rolling or perhaps you're going to roll a ball down a hill or, or get something moving. You might use... You know, a get get the ball rolling kind of phrase. Get it going. I'm going to get this game off to a start. Push it into the crowd of a, sticks right. or kickers. Whatever whatever ball towards a, a hole that we're playing, let's play that. Uh, there are these things called victory balls. Have you, heard, have you ever heard of the term victory balls, Jay? No, I, uh, I'm not. Well, in in the 1840s, there was this term called victory balls. Uh, that was attached to American presidential campaign uh, for William Henry Harrison. Uh, They were these balls, just big balls, uh, 10 feet in diameter, that were made of what what is reported leather and tin. And these balls were uh, pushed from one campaign rally to the next while, uh, while the crowd chanted, keep the ball rolling. 
and they would push this ball from city to city in the 1840s. I don't think they pushed it from city to city. They probably pushed it in, loaded it on the train, you know, got the next one. Yeah, that's a, you, you, you really wouldn't. You might. What else you do? No, yeah, right. You probably load it onto the campaign train bandwagon, if you will. Bandwagon. Um, and you know, Harrison did go on to defeat Martin Van Buren, um, but he died a month, almost a month after he was inaugurated. That William Henry Harrison. Yeah, he was short lived. <laughs> most. Sorry. He died the soonest. Thirty. It's. It was a month ish after. Uh, after that. Um. So. Why why did why did William Henry Harrison die? You know, I don't know, but in fact I I mean I we know why he died, but like maybe maybe it was something else that I learned about in uh in my 8th grade history class, Mr. Santoro's history class. I don't know, I think we knew. I thought we knew. The uh the curse of Tippecanoe. Oh yeah. Uh or the no, or uh, also known as Tecumseh's curse. Have you heard of this? Yeah, but I forget. It's basically Tyler had to do with it. Well, Tyler was uh, what's his name's uh, vice president Harrison's William Henry Harrison and John Tyler were on a ticket together. Okay, the Tippecanoe is is Harrison's nickname from this battle of Tippecanoe. So he was known as that general from that that thing. Uh, but this curse uh, basically says from from William Henry Harrison um, and all the colonization of the Native Americans that we did. But there is this urban legend that um, all presidents elected in zero years, and I believe somehow also divisible by 20, uh, will die in office. And we've got a lot that have done just that. Uh, William Henry Harrison, 1840. Lincoln, 1860. Garfield, 1880. Uh, William McKinley, 1900s. Warren G. Harding, 1920. Franklin Roosevelt, 1940. John F. Kennedy, 1960. And Ronald Reagan got shot. I mean, honestly, like someone tried to kill him. Yeah. He was 1980. He got shot. So I'm going to count him to the list, even though he did not die in office. <laughs> uh, but what's his name? W made it out. Huh. Uh, but like I said, in 1811, the Battle of Tippecanoe, uh, Harrison defeats uh, Tenskwantawa, which, who is Tecumseh's younger brother, while he was the acting governor of the Indiana Territory. And then after that, uh, he became known as Old Tippecanoe. And that's where you get the Tyler, too, because John Tyler was his running mate. Running mate. Sure. Um, but yeah, he had victory balls. <laughs> and maybe that's why the balls were rolling. But, uh, you know, it's probably older than that. It's It <laughs> seems like it would be older than that. Yeah, because, like I said, tw at least the 1200s were using ball Stuff was always rolling. Sure. That's how we how we learn about things. With sticks and things. Sticks and, and rolling, yeah. Yeah. What do you have? Well, it's funny you should ask. Oh, okay. Ha. I have one that I all I almost didn't know existed. Okay. It's palm off. Palm. Palm. Palm off. Let me palm this off on you. Oh. Exactly. Do you know what just happened in your brain? Yeah. That. Huh. Right. Been saying it wrong this whole time. Yes. Huh. So that's funny. Yeah. How your new life didn't change things. Uh, I hate the Eagles. <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. We're not high. No. Um, no. 
Just high on idioms. Yeah. And Eagles lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> so, Paul Moff. Yeah. 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 The term comes from the practice of what? <laughs> <laughs> So look, the first appeared in English in uh, early 1800s, and it's really like about a, a magic, you know? You oh. hide stuff in your hand, yeah. and um, sort of uh, with, with sleight of hand, mm -hmm. palm things away, yeah. palm things off, as it were. Yeah. It could be used to refer to a kind of bait-and-switch idea, where you palm off one inferior item for something, someone thought they were getting something better. But you're right to say, we always say pawn off. Right. That's gonna, what I was just, when I'm you said it, this like, off wait, on I've you. been saying it wrong this whole time. Yeah. Yeah, pawn but, this off on you. But when you pawn something off, you aren't really trying to trick anybody. You uh, pawn... Uh, is an old uh, Latin word from 13th century, uh, derives from uh, pignus, uh, which meant pledge. That came about, so, you know, I'm going to leave this for you and I pledge to come back or you can keep it, but yeah. you're going to give me something to have while you have that, you know? Right. So, so uh, not to be confused with, like, pawn like a foot soldier, th those other uses and definitions don't don't play in, into this, but it's more of a pledge definition. But it it just isn't what we mean when we say pawn off. We shouldn't be saying pawn off most of the time. <laughs> right. Uh, we should really be saying palm off is what we mean. Yeah. And that is to uh, like sneakily get rid of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not taking it to the pawnbroker. Right. That's not how you're sneakily getting rid of it. You're you're doing trick of hand or fooling somebody into into thinking one thing is something that it isn't. Palming it off. This this is like cab forward. It changes yeah. everything. It makes so much more sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's really like, okay. Yeah. And uh, so I had two that are no mystery, just history. Uh, that one comes with a little odd revelation and yeah. uh, and extra bit of strange education. I'm sure there are a couple of other listeners out there that, like us, have been using it wrong. And we really don't ever have to use pawn off, maybe unless you actually went to the pawnbroker. I practice palming stuff sometimes. Sure, you're going to palm, palm off a lot of things. Yeah, I just like keeping things hidden in my palm. Like I do, I know. Like the, I'm not saying I know magic. I'm saying I know the term, and I try to do that sometimes. Magic with a Y. Like keep a keep a card hidden <laughs> in my hand somehow, you know. Sure. That's it. Yeah, that's wow. So I've been definitely using that phrase wrong, or saying the wrong words, really. So we've palmed this off as another episode. Another episode palmed off on you. <laughs> Late to boot yeah. this week. If you're listening to it in sequence when it airs. We're sorry, it is a couple of days late. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, late, but uh, better late than never. Right. 
And uh, like we always say, please please give us a rating or contact us with any of your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, whole Nine Yards Pod. Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. Whole Nine Yards Podcast. Facebook Metaverse. <laughs> so yeah, I'm Jay. And I am Ray. And we're, we're not idioms. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music.